0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Colin Carter podcast, live in studio in Salt Lake City, bringing you the best up-to-date information on parenting and technology and raising your kids in this crazy world. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks so much for tuning in to America's number three parenting podcast. Woo, Uh, We'll get up to number one as soon as Dr. Laura retires. Uh, thank you so much for joining. I've got a lot of good feedback of the ones we've done so far, a lot of good questions, um, having a blast doing this. And today's topic is something that is two years plus in the making. And I'm so, so excited. Um, and I'm going to tee this off and what we're talking about in my guest today with a message I got. And I get these messages all the time. I got this message two days ago. And again, I get these all the time. And this is a message from a gal named Whitney, and she said this. She said, Colin, I'm a recent college grad, and this summer I am nannying for a family of three boys, four, 10, and 12. They are so addicted to devices, it is so, so sad. Yesterday there was supposed to be an update for Fortnite, and it wasn't working, and so one of the boys literally smashed his iPad. This boy is usually so well-mannered, this is what these devices and games can do to you. I beg them to go to the park, to ride bikes, to go walk, to play board games, even to go get ice cream, but they are totally hooked. They have iPad switches, PS4, Xbox, everything. I'm not the parent yet, but I know, and I'm so glad I'll know better when I am one. Um, we're talking about screens, and we're talking about screen-free. Um, two and a half years ago, or next month, our family is uh, celebrating two and a half years of screen-free living. We have one TV we love movie night, but when we say screen free, what I mean is iPads were chucked, Kindles were chucked, gaming consoles were chucked two and a half years ago. And it was all because of a book I read called Glow Kids, which I'll link in the description, I've talked about it if you heard me speak, um, and doing some research on the brain, what the devices and games and and iPads and everything from the itty bitty kid games from like the ABC mouse to in, all the way up to Call of Duty and Minecraft. Finally, learning from experts, uh, breaking it down in ways that idiots like me can understand what the devices are doing to these brains, putting them in a constant state of overstimulation. And so two and a half years ago, I mentioned and I shared that after reading Glow Kids that our family was going to go screen free. And then a few months later, my wife's best friends down in Arizona, uh, Mary and Ryan Thorne sent me a message and she said, you know what, Colin, I've been sitting on the side kind of listening to what you're doing. And I just want you to know that we decided to go screen free, too, uh, with her boys. And I am so excited because she's going to share now uh, today on this episode how, and Ryan's with her, uh, of how they did this, why they did this, and why you need to do this, too, with your kids. So all the way down in Gilbert, Arizona, joining on the Colin Karcher podcast is Mary and Ryan Thorne. Mary, Ryan, thank you so much for joining. Yay! (laughs) Yay! You guys still there? You're like, when is this introduction done? Ryan was born <laughs> in the year of our Lord 19 19- Just kidding. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. And how is it down in the AZ? You guys said what? 96 days of consecutive over 100 degrees? Is that something yeah. like that?
1: It feels Ooh. like a couple years. <laughs>
0: <going> <laughs> Pretty much if on. you live there it never really drops below like 93, yeah. so. Um, well, thank you guys so much for joining. I am so excited. We sent a video crew down to your house a couple months ago um, to actually video this story that I'm going to share alongside with the podcast. But today's gonna be the whole story. The video is gonna be just an eight or nine minute version. And I'm really excited for you guys to share this message and your story. So let's talk, introduce Mary first, or Ryan. Uh, tell us about your family, how many kids you have, and let's talk about pre-decision to go screen free. Uh, what was the situation? Talk about your family, let's go.
1: Okay. I'm Mary, like like you said, Liz has been my best friend since I was twelve.
0: yay
2: and
1: i have we have three boys, Dallas is fourteen, Dylan is twelve, and Jack's just turned eight and they before we went through all this, the interesting thing that I find will shock people a little bit is that at the beginning of all of this. We've never had gaming consoles because I grew up in a house. Everybody that is listening that knows me, I don't know other people in the world that can say this, but I grew in a house that had no TV.
0: No TV. Wow.
1: I literally grew up, I would go to school sometimes and I would be sad because I hadn't watched Friends and I didn't get the jokes from Saturday (laughs) night live and I felt a little bit left out. But in my house growing up, my dad's two reasons for us not having a TV where A, it's a waste of time. And yeah. B, it doesn't build character or give meaning to your life. And nobody can really argue with that with yeah. TV or else. You know, so when we got married, we had already decided, like, I don't want my kids to be gamers. I'd, I'd seen a lot of, I grew up with all girls, but I'd seen boys that, you know, were gamers. And I was like, I'm, I want my kids to not do that. Mm-hmm. So we had already decided when we got married that we weren't going to but. We started having kids and, um, the story really begins for us when, um, Dylan was born because Dylan, our oldest son, you know, Dallas, he was born. He was, um, just a regular boy into all the things that boys are in. And then two years later, Dylan was born and and he was just, he was always a little behind. Like when most kids are walking and talking and learning to do all the things, like one of the earliest signs for us that Dylan was different was the light switch. Most kids, you know, they go up to a light switch and they turn it on, off, on, off. And then they get it. It it just snaps in their brain and they're like on, off. He, he didn't get it. The light switch. And we were like, that's weird. we had to teach him for over a couple of months. This is on, this is off. So we, you know, watched Dylan grow and learn. and, And he was always a little behind. And it got to a point when he was about three that we um, we took him to the doctor, the pediatrician, and they said, yeah, you, you need to go to a specialist. Um, we're pretty sure your kid is on the spectrum. And, you know, we went through all the emotions that parents go through when they hear something like that. And we went to a couple of different specialists and we ended up at, um, a doctor who'd been doing just this, his whole career focusing on autism spectrum disorder. And he spent a few hours with us and, He talked us through it and he, you know, he he was in a room with Dylan for a couple hours just getting to know him. And Mm -hmm. he put us in a room after and he explained to us, you know, autism spectrum disorder is a spectrum, which means no two kids on it are alike. Each one of them is different. And there's a different array of things that goes into whether a kid is diagnosed. And Dylan had the least amount of those things required. But he still did qualify and he told us that a lot of times in his career, he's not able to look parents in the eye and say, you know, your kid really has a chance because a lot of times that isn't the case. But he could with us. He said, I, I'm, I'm looking at this boy. Yes, he does qualify, but he has a chance.
2: Yeah. He
1: gave us a stack of papers that was like two feet high of all the therapies that we would have to do. It was overwhelming. And then right as he ended before the interview left and we were going to go home, he said, I want to tell you one thing, this boy in particular, if you lose him to the world of video games, you will never get him back. He goes, these kids are at real risk for just getting sucked into that virtual ward because it's easier mm-hmm. for they do. They, they don't have to make eye contact. They, you know, they can sort of, go into this other virtual world that's easier for them than yeah. the world that we live in. And he goes, if you lose him to that world, you're not going to get him back. So that reaffirmed our already sort of, we don't want our boys on screens," And we were able to do that. We were like, okay, no gaming systems. We never had an Xbox. We never did any of that. And so we thought we were like doing really awesome as parents. Then, then our next kid was born, um, Jax. And I'm supposed to just be introducing, but it's kind of all part of the story. This is it. And, no, this
0: is what we need. Yeah.
1: Okay. Ever since he was little, um, he, he was trouble. <laughs> he was <laughs> he was he was a hard kid. And ever since he was little, he was just bouncing off the walls. He he was not calm. He never could focus. And even when little were like, this kid probably has ADHD. But from when he was small. What we would do when he was like this is we would hand him the iPad with learning games. Yeah. Like A B C Mouse, like um, like little flashcards and stuff, and it always calmed him down. Yeah. So those are three kids, and that's sort of the beginning of the story
3: of where we started going. Um Yeah, I mean and just as we kind of introduced our children to different devices like mary said um we started to notice uh, and talk about it a lot just what kind of obvious issues that we've all seen out there in society yeah uh people in our own lives and then just in the general public and uh you know you go to to dinner and you know kids are locked into screens and you know drive up to a bus stop and there's 12 kids at a bus stop and nobody's talking to each other they're all yeah. their phones and just you know you and I both travel a lot and you see what happens in airports and on planes. It's just this whole thing that we had kind of talked about a lot, Mary and I and deciding you know what we needed to do uh, and talking about Jacks, his early kind of years in preschool kind of getting those reports and getting called aside by the teachers and saying, hey, you know you had a rough day today or you know you you know got in a fight or whatever. Um, now we're starting to talk about, uh, you know, the possibility of medication and like some yeah. of these things to kind of get this kid cured. And both of us never really felt great about that. Just didn't want to just force this. Oh, he's still young. You know, he's, you know, we don't know who he is yet. And we just, so we were trying to come up with, you know, all these different, uh, plans to, to get through it. And then
1: what, let's rewind again. Yeah. The, the whole purpose that I was talking about, the, um, the meeting with the doctor and the video games and how we never liked them. Why did people like us who were so anti-gaming and we've never had an Xbox, how was it that all three of our kids had iPads and that we didn't find that a problem? Yeah. We literally and truly believed, and I think so many people in America do, that iPads are an educational tool. When I first saw an iPad, it was from one of the therapists that came to work with Dylan for speech. And she had these like flashcards that would help him with his words. And and it was on this iPad. I was like, oh, wow, where, where, where did you get that? What? It's
2: an app. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's amazing. I'm going to get that. So when I first brought the iPad into the house, I, I, I believed truly that it was an educational tool that would help my boys. So when we started out, it had, you know, ABC Mouse and I had for a reward after they'd done ABC Mouse, they could play Angry Birds and and exponentially it just always started getting more and more games and Minecraft and to the point where Jax was on the iPad all the time and we would take it away and he would go into rages. (laughs) I mean, you talked about the story about the girl, um... Where the kid, um, what you started out smashed his snapped. iPad
0: because the Fortnite update wasn't working fast enough. Yeah. I can
1: tell our version of that story.
3: Yeah. I mean, when, uh, you know, Mary was in the hospital at one point for, you know, being treated for influenza B or A, I can't remember. It was remember B. B. But she got hit with pneumonia really hard. So in the hospital for a long time. And so when we were, you know, obviously the babysitting device was the iPad. Um, and Dallas called me at the hospital and he said, you won't believe it. Jacks uh, Jax bit the iPad. I'm like, what, what are you talking about?
0: <laughs> oh man.
3: And then, you know, sends me a picture and it's, it is a full on, uh, bite. Like you can see his whole bite mark in wow. the screen, shatters the screen. And he had shards of glass in his mouth. Friend had to come over and and help him. Oh, um, so yeah,
1: because he lost it. Angry birds. Yeah. That's yeah. that. What triggered that? That that's not normal behavior from a device that is supposed to be having educational tools. None of us like really. When,
0: yeah, none of us did that when we'd lost the old games, right? The <laughs> Tetris. I I don't remember biting a Nintendo controller. You know, losing Zelda. Games have changed yeah. quite a bit.
1: Yeah. So th- the other th- problem that I ran into was that I think a lot of parents. They, th- they have this iPad and they think I'm going to monitor it, you know, yeah. and building their brain like Minecraft in my mind, four years ago, I'm a little bit OCD with cleanliness. It is a huge issue and I, toys bother me because they're always a mess and I, my kids love Legos and we've probably could pay for a college education with the <laughs> amount of money. So I find Minecraft and I was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me Yeah it is Legos that create no mess and it doesn't cost as much money. Awesome. I plugged my kids into that like crazy Yeah. until, I mean, I guess we'll get to the point to where we realize how different that is. So we've hit the introduction.
0: Yeah. Do you want, no, that was awesome. That was, uh, the Minecraft. I hear that a lot from parents. I have, uh, some, uh, nephews Uh, Down in Arizona, that were big, big Minecrafters growing up, and um, that was always the excuse when I talked to my brother how how many hours a day they were playing on it. It He's just like, it's just digital Legos, you know? They're building stuff. It's just basically like stacking squares on top of each other. Uh, And then the same situation when he, you know, something like the power went out or they couldn't find the iPad, and everyone freaked. All the kids freaked out about it. I'm like, okay, take away some Legos, like the actual Legos and take them take us some legos from your kids and see if they freak out it's not the same right no. um so and the thing is too is like when you say iPads especially were all marketed to us kind of as educational devices the you know the whole idea behind this is you know kids today have changed they can only learn on a screen and and all this stuff is all for their benefit and so you know schools are getting you know sold by tech education companies that this is the only way to do it and this is the way the future's going And no one's really asked, I mean, people are now, thankfully, but people weren't, no one was like asking questions at all. I don't remember asking questions like, wait a second, are these games actually good for my kid? Is there any, is there any disadvantage of them learning how to like do math on a screen versus, you know, on paper, like the way we should. Um, So that, that's a lot of us got tricked, right?
1: Like even with books, I remember reading, I don't know what book it was in, but they did a test where they gave kids in high school, they both had the same test. And one of them was given it on a screen, on a computer screen, where they would read the text and then they had to answer questions and write an essay. Yeah. And then the other half of the kids were given the same test on paper with a book. And every single one of the kids who had the book and paper yeah. did better on the test. And, and they were all supposed to be sort of like the same range of ability. Sure. So, it, yeah, the fact that it was marketed as an educational tool... I think most parents still believe that, yeah. and if they have like the experiences like we've come to have that show that that is completely false, why wouldn't they believe that if yeah. they haven't read books or heard a story or listened to the research and Minecraft especially? I don't want to, you know, be the biggest Minecraft hater, but <laughs> it's they don't basically- sponsor. They don't sponsor uh, this. You
0: can say anything you want. I hate Minecraft. The yeah, say anything you want.
1: machine. <laughs> Plug your kids into you might as well just like put your kids in a room and give them a morphine because of the dopamine that it it doesn't well my son is so smart he just built a roller coaster he's going to be an engineer an architect when he grows up what you did was you just gave your kid a game that produces as much dopamine as sex yeah that's what you did that's what you gave him and it's legos doesn't do that for you yeah so Anywho,
0: now let's go back to um, I I get a lot of really heartbroken moms that ask questions either face to face or through messages um, where they were in that same position of sitting in front of a pediatrician with their three or four or five year old. And the uh, the pediatrician or the assistant has that conversation like they had with you, with Jax um, uh, and or with Dylan. Now both. Yeah. Uh, where they have that conversation where they're like, Hey, you know what, this is what we're seeing. And, you know, uh, we have a lot of parents that have chosen to medicate their kids and throw them on this or throw them on that. And they've seen a lot of success in school. Or you have teachers that say that too. Like, Oh, your kid's struggling. Like I, we have a lot of students that have gotten medication and man, they're being able to focus on kindergarten, you know, all the kind of stuff. And, and, and moms message me or they tell me face to face, like, just like almost in tears. Like how, uh, wh- like why? No, like I, I'm not going to freaking medicate my five-year-old for yeah. attention deficit type drugs when he's five. Like this kid has rotated the sun five times. He's been alive 60 months, right? Like why are we, so when you had that conversation, when, when the doctors and nurses were talking to you and, and saying this is a really great option, uh, what was going through your mind? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's what you just said. That's exactly the position we found. We had helped him back a year for kindergarten, trying to get him ready on our own. And it was basically, we had two months until school started and it was basically, it was the prescription pad was our only option. And I just, and I was like, this can't be right. Like we've seen, you know, we've had family members, you know, on ADHD medication, we've seen sort of takes away their spark
2: a little bit. Oh yeah.
1: And Jack is so full of energy. We didn't want that. So we decided because if you had talked a lot about the screens and because I didn't, I didn't want to say, Oh, listen, Colin, I love what you guys are doing. It's so awesome. When I, when I hadn't done any of it or tried it, <laughs> so that was around the same time too. It was like a perfect yeah. storm. I was like, Okay, I'm going to read these books and I'm going to do this whole 30 day thing because if it will help Jax at all to the point where we don't have to medicate him, it would be worth it. So we sat our kids down and we said, look, this is only for 30 days. Yeah. We are just for 30 days. We are going to go screen free. It's going to be hard. We just want to see, you know, if it helps Jax. It was only for Jax to begin with. Like yeah. that was weird. Um, so we sat him down and, Ryan, how hard Yeah, that?
0: what was what was their reaction? I'm sure they were thrilled.
3: Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it, I didn't understand. I mean, because they, hey, what did we do wrong? You know, and it's not, yeah. you know, they did wrong with the phone. Um, it was, you know, just, it, it was a tough reaction. Let's put it that way. Just a hard time understanding. But, you know, we gave them, you know, these devices at such a young age, we kind of fell into that trap. Yep. I think all, all of our friends, you know, gave devices. Okay, well, yeah, we better, you know, we better give an iPhone or whatever Jump it on is on the
0: bandwagon. Yeah,
3: or good parents or whatever it was. So yeah, there was nothing that they did um, to cause us to, to to take it away. It was mm-hmm. just like we said, we needed all this kind of perfect storm that happened, all the conditions we were seeing, and just like you know what, let's you know the book. Um, you know, you calling, and um, it just really, we just had that decision and sat him down and, hey, look, that's more than anything. What we were taking away, we tried to, you know, kind of position it as what we were going to do instead. Yeah, and um, so introducing, you know, different different games, um, and we played uh, a crap ton of Monopoly. <laughs>
0: I remember seeing those photos, Mary posting like hour four, hour five of Monopoly. So
1: going back, like we told them that we were getting rid of them and, and Ryan was really good at saying, you guys, look, this is going to be adventure. We're going to play golf all the time. We're going to yeah. do this. They just cried. The first week, I know I posted this video a few times,
2: Yeah,
1: Jax <laughs> laying on the couch, sobbing yeah. like the world and screaming, I hate life. Yeah. I just want my games back. Yeah, I remember that five-year-old boy saying that he hated life. That was that was the. That's first the week. power
0: of the hook of these games. Like, and 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 most yeah. parents, if they've if they've threatened or or actually followed through by taking an iPad away or an Xbox controller away from a little kid, have all seen that meltdown. Um, and, and it's it's not like it's just only happening to your kid and a few other kids. Like it's it's like hundred percent. Uh, of the kids that see that. I mean, I've, I've never heard someone say, oh, I take away the iPad they've been playing for six months or for, you know, a year or, or for 12 hours and they're like, thank you, Mom. I, I was having a hard time regulating myself and so let's yeah. go play. No one does. They don't do that, right?
1: It's it's basically withdrawal because if you think yeah. about it, brain doesn't know what, what you're giving it to make the dopamine increase. I mean, whether it's heroin or video games, I mean, as you've read in Glow, um, in Glow, global- in the military when they run out of morphine for burn victims they have to play video games and it's just as effective because the amount of dopamine is the same so this kid that I had given this iPad to thinking oh well it helps him focus because it's the only time he was calm was when he had it It just because his brain was fried yeah, like in a state of withdrawal and he was screaming and saying he hated life and he was crying all day, but that lasted about a week.
0: How did you manage those meltdowns? Um, I mean, obviously you've got to replace the dopamine with a different form of healthy dopamine. You can't just rip it away and be like, well, suck it up, you know, go in your room if you're having a panic attack, right? So how did right. you, how did you guys manage those? Was it just sit out, pull out the board game? Was it going, you know, activities? what did you guys do?
3: Well, that, yeah, that was the key. It was having the replacement already queued up and ready to go mary's credit uh fully because you know i was you know working or traveling or whatever so leaving that responsibility mostly up to her until i was back
2: yeah
3: nights or weekends but yeah um, chess there was uno there was uh poker Monopoly, cards. Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of it and
1: <laughs> i bought lego sets but we did like a lemonade stand um we did a snow cone stand
3: yeah. Go to games. I yeah. mean, they're involved in sports. Um, so, yeah, just having those things queued up and kind of ready to go. And it was amazing kind of early to see their excitement. Like, okay, what are we doing now? What are we going to tap today? Like,
0: yeah.
3: Or what, are, what are we doing that's different? Or um, And just how they would entertain themselves.
0: How long did uh, it take to see that transition from I hate life without my games to like, ooh, like let's go have some fun on the ground playing a game? or wait. Long, I would. Say, yeah,
1: I had to be involved in every single aspect of what they were doing for about two weeks, and after that, I didn't have to play every Monopoly game yeah. anymore because they were like, "Let's go play." Yeah, and they'd bring their like Dallas would bring his best friend over, and they would have five-hour Monopoly games <laughs> with all my boys, Dallas's best friend, and then they would have chess tournaments, and then you know dallas had his rubik's cube he got it down to where he could solve it in 30 seconds wow um you know and we played poker and we um went to baseball games basketball games ryan took him golf.
3: yeah and then you know kind of the results we, we started to see i mean obviously there was less like meltdowns and um you know kind of instant results but i think you know, kind of backing up when some of those same teachers that were pulling us aside about Jackson, Hey, this kid is, you know, he had a rough day or whatever. Those same teachers were pulling us aside when we pick him up and say, Oh my gosh, what, what is going on with this kid? He's like, wow. The happiest kid in class. He's not doing any of the things that he was doing before. He's just, he's just, he's, he's one of the best kids in class now. And so we saw like the instant results mm-hmm which was cool and just kind of fed us to, you know, to stick to it, obviously. And, um, positive reinforcement with them too was, you know, proved a lot.
1: We went to, uh, Jax's little league baseball game after we had been off screens for about two and a half weeks. And it used to be, this is the saddest part about it. The, the Jax situation. I used to just, when I would introduce Jax and I'd say, this is my son, Jax. He's crazy. Sorry in advance. (laughs) Yeah. They're, they're
0: a just, little uh, preemptive warning.
1: I, everywhere <laughs> I went, I was like, "Sorry about Jax." Just sorry about Jax. Yeah. So we take the baseball, and he steps up to the plate. He hits like a two-two base hit. He's focusing. They He's call that doubles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> she didn't have a.
0: She didn't have a TV. People, give her a break. Okay, so she, he had a two base and, hit.
1: So after the game, the coach and one of the other moms, one of the other moms, came up and goes, "What?" Cause her son was a little bit, you know, troubled too. Yeah. Like, what did you do to Jax? She's wanting me to say that I medicated him. Yeah. She's like, seriously, what did you, he's like a new person. And I was like, do you know what? I would love to tell you. We took the iPad away. That's literally all we did. We were, we're on a 30 day detox already. He's like a new kid. Mm -hmm. And she seriously like stepped away, like slowly she goes, well, I can't do that. No
0: way. I would. Yeah. And you've had a lot of that. We've had conversations before over the last two and a half years where you guys felt a lot. And we have, two, But you guys had a lot of uh, situations where you guys really felt like almost outcasts among your peer groups and neighbors. Is that right?
1: We're on an island. Yeah, that's how we feel sometimes like we're on an island. It's
0: hard because when you want to go screen free with your kids because of all these amazing benefits. You know, you always, our worries always, and I'm sure yours is, what if you send them off to the friend's house where all they do is play Fortnite eight hours a day because their parents, you know, aren't figuring this out yet. And, you know, what do you do in those situations? So how how have you guys been able to manage the peer pressure? It's, It's crazy to me, but I understand it. But it's crazy to me the amount of... Grown a adult parents who say, you know what, we really want to go no iPad and no Fortnite and no Xbox, but we're just like all of our friends have it, and and they give uh. us pressure. They're always like, why does your nine year old have a phone yet? Ours does. Like, what are you doing? This is their world, and I can't understand how this is something that parents are having to deal with and have, are struggling with because I'm such a like, no, no, no. How did you guys deal with this aspect on the parents on on your side with your peers and neighbors and family that neighbors?
1: was, that was like my hardest thing going into this was that I was worried it was going to make my kids outcast. Yeah. And, you know, part of the time I do believe sadly that a lot of times Jax does not get invited over to a lot of places because people feel the pressure. Like, well, I don't want to have to be sitting there playing Monopoly. And I know Mary's going to be mad if you yep. get Jack. So He just doesn't get invited. Yeah, and that that part is sad because you know nothing against
0: him, right? But that the sad part is this uh, is this takes work. There's so many parents who know what's best for their kids. They see the uh, they see the outburst. They see the change of behavior. They hear about now they got to get their kids medicated. But the fact just knowing that that takes work, I can't imagine how many people listening to you saying that it took you two weeks of having to entertain and be there and have things planned like every half hour to a couple hours with your kids like who almost are like, heck no. Like why, why, why did we lose this desire to want to sit down and play with our kids and spend this type of time with them? Like it, it takes work, but like why do you think so many parents, and it's okay to rip on ourselves because we're all parents and we all made this mistake, but why do you think, why do you think parents are so anti doing this?
1: I think they, okay, I think that parents think they they picture how their kid is now, all amped up on dopamine and in the vicious cycle of the screens. Yeah. And they picture that's the kid that they have to deal with ongoing entertaining all the time. And that's the biggest surprise that we got is once you get them to, to where their brain is regulated, yeah. you don't have to do anything. Like we had fourteen days or so of like a really hard time where I had to play Monopoly all day and entertain them. And now, I mean, it's been last week. It was seven hundred and eighty-seven days. My life has been so easy. Yeah, I don't have to fight with my kids. Like Ryan always talks about. You know, people say, "Well, I, I moderate. We moderate just,
2: our just children.
3: moderate. Yeah. yeah, we tried that even before this whole thing with and I think you and I both know, I think we all know that's like a, that's like another part-time, even a full-time job. It
0: like is. Yep.
3: At the timer. you know, okay, if you earn, if you do this, you learn a couple more hours and just, yep. oh, okay, taking it away at night. I mean, it's just a, I mean, it probably worked for, you know, a few days, but sticking to that, um, uh, it's, it's impossible.
0: And then you give up, right? Because your kids, uh, I mean, it's I would, it's a drug. The kids are going to want it. They're going to want more of it. They're going to keep asking, and finally, you're going to say, you know, it's easier. Yeah. There's less contention in the home just to give them the freaking iPad, give them the freaking Xbox, just let them do whatever they want. No more yeah. boundaries, and then that's when you lose them.
1: Yeah, and that was our life because I always I was like, I would see Jacks, you know, staring at the at the iPad, and I would feel in my bones like this is not good. Yeah. I would feel bad, like mom. But then I'd take it away, and we'd fight, and I'd be like. Oh and I just get stuck. So I think the biggest reason that parents don't want to join this is they picture the way their kids are now being the kid that they'll have to deal with full time. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing that I, I want to say, try it for 30 days. And if your kid doesn't prove to the point where you like love being around them, fine, have them back. But I promise you that won't happen. I've never,
0: I've never heard it happen once. I've never had a message from a parent saying we tried two weeks or a month. It was the worst thing ever. They were worse kids. We had more fights. I mean, after the, after the relapse, not the relapse, sorry, but after the withdrawals and, and like, as you mentioned, the, the kids, they know how to, they know how to entertain themselves. They know how to be creative. One thing I noticed, and we were pretty low tech like you before Is even just handing the kids the iPad or a Kindle to read books or do games for a couple hours, how it's it just like muted their ability to create and to Mm -hmm. think, which is something that kids innately are born with. The ability to just take a bucket of garbage and like make something amazing for ten hours like MacGyver. Um, and be able to, I, I, we, I, what I want parents to know is like, stop being afraid, thinking that your kid can't entertain themselves, that they have to have a, an outside source or screen to do it. Like they want to be kids, right? Did you see that with your, as they started transitioning from screen entertainment to their own entertainment, like there's almost like they almost like they flower, right?
1: Yeah. Jack's like, he does origami for like three hours at a time making like his 3d pen. He, he's made some of like most beautiful projects and he just sits down and starts creating all this stuff. I'm like, I cannot believe we missed out on this. Yeah. And the thing, like I know a lot of people could hear our story and be like, okay, they have one kid on the spectrum. They had one kid that, you know, could have had ADHD. Um, but my kids are fine in all those ways. And my kids, yeah. you know, don't act out and whatever. Aren't you curious to know Yeah. what, the best version of your kid, even if you think your kid is perfect right now, aren't you at least curious if it only took 30 days to see even how much better they could be? Because I promise you even the best kid would be better.
0: I love that. Aren't you curious to know if there's a better version of your kid? Not better as like a better human being, but better as in more creative, better behaved, better ability to focus. That's one thing. That's one of the weird conundrums of You know, there was an article on KSL yesterday. I literally almost started screaming. And there's now a iPad video game that's created for kids with ADHD to help them like with their ADHD. And it's a video game. And I'm just like, we are, we've lost our minds and no one wants to admit it. And because we're all addicted (laughs) to the same screens and it's like, well, this is just the way it is. It's like, it's like putting Narcan in sippy cups for heroin addict babies. It's like, what are we doing?
3: gasoline
0: on a fire it is yeah but take the take the challenge so we're gonna make that challenge at the end i want to i want to go back to uh some of the books you read um i remember when you were doing this you said there was a few like when you were ready to lose your mind and give in you're like i would always go back to the books i was reading uh, tell us about some of the books you read and like what i know there's a few and some okay. of the books you told me to read which i went and read and it helped me right. a big time so go through some of those and what they taught you
1: the first book that i read was the collapse of parenting
0: yep leonard sachs
1: um, by Dr. Sachs, and it it is such a good book. He talks, there is a, a chapter on screens in there, but a, a lot of what he talks about is, you know, everybody's like, I want my kids to be happy. And he's like, do you know what will make them happy? Is having, he 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 went this whole study about um, there's only one trait in the world that can actually predict a kid's happiness, wealth and actual contentment with life and they 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 tested these kids they started when they were 11 and then they tested them again when they were like my age mm-hmm. almost 40 and this one trait was able to predict happiness satisfaction with life financial future and it went across all races all you know socioeconomic economic yeah. kids and the trait was conscientiousness and he said this is the biggest part of conscientiousness is self-control. Yeah. And he said, you don't need to worry about your kids fitting in or being happy or, you know, pleasure seeking. You need to worry about them being humble and conscientious. And that's, what's going to make them happy. Yeah. And so, um, that was the first book that I read. And then fearless parenting was another one. I read that
0: one too. After you recommended it. Yeah.
1: changing. That was written then, by like
0: two pastors, which I thought was super cool.
1: Yes. I that that book to me, it it means so much to me. I I go to it almost like it's like a Bible. I yeah. love it. And then you recommended Glow Kids to me. Yep. And I read Glow Kids and that's what really there's a whole chapter in Glow Kids about kids, you know, on the spectrum and kids with ADHD. Yeah. And and it talks about, you know, your kid that's in the cycle of rage when you take it away. And it was like talking to me about my voice. And then after that I read Reset Your Child's Brain. Yep. And that gives you the step by step sort of of how to do the 30-day detox.
0: That's by uh, Dr. Victoria Dunkley who I'm trying to get on the podcast. Yep. Yeah, that's a oh, fantastic. That it's like a 12 it's almost like a 12-step program, right? For like how yeah. to like day 1, parents just and and you have to go through the steps. You have to understand that you you can't like really cold turkey this stuff. Yeah, it's it's way too hard you got to kind of do the weaning and so she laying she lays out in that book like literally what to do on day one what to do on day two you know yeah. how to have that plan like you can't like you said you can't go in this big all right screw it we're done i'm fed up no more screens. throw them in the throw them in the swimming pool and then it's like now what right there's got to be a plan
1: yeah and then um i'm trying to think
0: there's one you recommended which i uh, have read oh, twice boys now adrift? boys adrift
1: oh tell me boys about this adrift. one I gave it to um, my kids' teachers for Christmas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, get,
1: <laughs> I, thought, I, I know one of them. So read passive it aggressive. It.
0: Hey, like, could you thank read thank this? You so
1: much. But <laughs> having all boys, the thing about boys adrift is that you look at society right now, where for the first time in history, there are more girls getting into college than boys. Yeah. Across the board, boys are sitting at home. Plugged into video games, they don't care. They live with their parents till they're 30. They're totally over sexualized at age eight because they have phones. And then they live that they don't have any desire to, you know, go off to college. It used to be, you know, that men would have to work and like prove something to gain a suitor. And now they're like, oh, I'll just watch porn instead. And I'm gonna sit at home and play video games and have a virtual life. I don't care. Yeah. And that is a huge problem.
0: I remember you were, yeah. when you, were, you read that book and you messaged me about it. And I, and I asked you to actually like even write like a one page or just like the hot buttons. And something I remember you said uh, as you were talking about the book when, and, and, and remind me, hopefully you remember how you said it, but you said something like when, when you take away the desire for success, earning money and sex from boys, like yeah. we have, we have we're on a really slippery slope now. Do you remember when you said something about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's what screens have done because in order to, you know, gain approval from, they don't need a woman anymore yeah. because they can get their fantasy version online virtually with no and, risk,
0: with no worries of her rejecting girls, me or making me feel awkward. Yeah. I can have sex with porn stars in my mind anytime. Right. That's, right. And it's easy.
1: And then girls ha- have their own success now. Like there's more girls going to college these days. Yeah. So a lot of times they get stuck into it where, Oh, well she'll provide them. I'll sit here and play video games. Yep. And so these boys are like, eh, they don't have motivation. Yeah that they were supposed to have to do all these things to where it's, it's like the Matthew McConaughey movie, failure to launch only (laughs) as an epidemic.
0: Yeah. There's a, there was a, a guy on Twitter. I follow who tweeted this out a little while ago. I shared when someone said, someone just asked the question, they said, what are your thoughts on video games today for guys? Um, and he said something to the, to the effect of handing video games to guys where they can control everything inside they can accomplish anything they want they can be a hero <laughs> they can slay dragons they can they can date the any woman they want to is it is, is ruining their ability to thrive and succeed in and the entropic life that we have and he said this is going to be the destruction of our species I'm like well that's I can it see is. that too but when you rip away the ability I mean, Games are amazing, and they fill a uh, they fill up a, a big void in boys' lives. And a lot of this has to do with the change in education system. I mean, twenty years ago, kindergarten for boys was like, let's just play with play doh and eat paste. But now it's like all day, and they've got to learn how to read by their four and a half. Like, we need to redo the education system. And a lot of these books talk about that. But the but the point of uh, video games fulfill a huge need. And, and the more I study them, the more I realize like. You know, I, I hate, but I don't hate them because I see how video games when you, when we take away, boys what they love, which is getting together with their friends, collaborating with their peers, leveling up, succeeding, moving objects through space and time and doing all that. I mean, that's what boys love. When we take all that away, because we say, because we're all freaked out parents. I was like, hey, you can't leave the house after school. You got to come here. You can go in that room and that's all you can do because we're all freaked out because we all watch the Ted Bundy tapes and abducted in plain sight. So we're all paranoid parents now. You can't go do anything. You can't go with your friends and ride bikes, you know, because everyone's a pervert. You're going to get abducted by every car that drives by, which is, yeah. which there's never parents. There's never been a safer time for your kids as far as abduction. So let them go play. But we took all that away from boys. Like I feel so bad for boys. You have three. I have one. Like I feel bad because when we grew up even just 20, 30 years ago or however old we are, like, dude, we, it was such a different landscape and we were able to do the things and now video games, give them all that video games and porn, give the boys all those things. And if you take yeah, with, that away, what's going to happen? Zero effort. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No effort. And that's the other problem. Like, we put our boys heavily into sports for that reason. Like, yeah. we're not expecting any of our boys to you know be in the NFL or whatever. <laughs> but the difference with sports is when you lose a game, you learn to lose. You yep. have to feel that awful feeling where you get knocked down and yeah. you've lost and, and and you have to sit with that.
0: You can't and just reset the button fight. and go respawn yeah, and let's have to reset do it again. On yeah. life. Yeah.
1: And that's what video games teaches them. I'm going to go slay a dragon and war, you know, World of Warcraft and I'm going to level up to level 85 and yep. where people in other countries worship me. And if it doesn't go right, I'm going to push reset and start over. Yep,
2: Yeah.
0: Let's talk about now... Uh, Dylan. The, yeah, let's talk about that.
1: So we've focused all this time on Jax because when we did this, we weren't doing it for Dylan.
2: Yeah.
1: We we, he's, he's always been the nicest, sweetest, best kid, but he was always, you know, just a little behind. And we figured he would always be that way. We would go to these meetings and they would say, you know, he's doing his best. He's so sweet. We love him, but you know, he's behind in this, 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 and this.
3: Yeah. We would leave those meetings disappointed and sad and, um, you know, wonder what the next step would be, but it was, it was crazy how this was like, how, when we went, uh, you know, like screen free, we weren't anticipating uh, the change that kind of the byproduct of the whole thing was his growth and um, just how how much he was progressing. But not only that, just how much he's, he was excelling at things where he was be- behind. And then we went to, was it fifth grade? Yeah. Went to his evaluation and we sat in that room and kind of, you know, kind of, we noticed his changes, but we were positive about them, but then to kind of waiting for the end to hear, Oh, but you know, he's this or that. Yeah. It was, Hey, he's, you know, I still remember the teacher that um, said, Hey, he's, he's my best kid in class. He's, he's, he's at the top in every, in every, uh, subject. And I just, I remember I lost it. I just, you know, I started crying there in the the evaluation. I I started crying too. I cause you know, and you think about this and it's like, when you get that, you know that kind of that diagnosis when he's little, you think of kind of think the worst, right? Okay, he's not going to have, you know, like a normal life. He's going to be in like a separate class. He's going to have all these resources and all these things. And then to just, to just know how much he's progressed, um, and we firmly believe that whatever you know the doctor that told us that when he was three and you know it was it was totally right it was like, hey, we feel like we would have lost this kid. Yeah. If, uh, if we would have lost him into that world of being a gamer, but now, you know, he, he competes, he made a, a club basketball team. Um, he's super tall and still growing and he's like, he plays golf and, um, he does great, uh, socially Has a bunch of friends. He's, you know, he's, um, he's doing great in school and just, he's just a really good kid.
1: He, he graduated sixth grade with straight A's. Oh my gosh, We had a kid. When, we, when he started kindergarten, he was nonverbal. Yeah. Like, they weren't going to let him be in a regular class. And he finished sixth grade with all A's. Not only that, he won the school. A geography,
0: um, geography B, my gosh.
1: He won. And he <laughs> would have gotten to go on to state if COVID hadn't happened.
0: Oh, he gosh.
1: The Battle of the Books was something that Dallas, um, our oldest, competed in and, and went to district a few times. And I remember just like morning when I, when he was younger, like well, Dylan's never going to be able to, yeah. you know, win battle of the books like Dallas. And then we take screens away and, and he won battle after battle. And he didn't get to finish that out because of COVID too, yeah. but he was excelling. Like all of his teachers are like, he's, he's doing better in the district assessments than all of his peers.
0: The teachers like noticed it up. and the, I know you said the teachers obviously noticed it cause they saw him every day. And, and the, uh, the principal obviously noticed it and this big change and friends and family, I'm sure. Uh, what about the doctors that you guys were seeing? Um, did they, I don't know if you stayed with the same doctors as from yeah. when he was little, what, what do they see or what do they he's say to you? had
2: the
1: same pediatrician since he was, since we moved here 10 years ago, he's actually on the board for Arizona of like, autism because he has a daughter on the spectrum Mm -hmm. and he said to me, you know, it's not like, um, people on the spectrum. He's like, if he were to go into the doctor today, he would not be diagnosed with autism. He, he doesn't have the criteria. He's, he's come past like all of the things that would, um, diagnose him. So I don't want to say like, he's beat it. Like it's something that can be beaten because, I think in a lot of ways, yeah, it's a good thing. There sure. are parts of kids on the spectrum that it, it's a benefit. Yeah, you know, Their brains work in a different way. But as far as like the social things, he makes eye contact. He talks to people. He has friends and he's not behind anymore. And the other thing, he's had to learn to work at everything. Nothing came easy to him mm-hmm. from the light switch to speaking to everything he's ever done. He's had to work five times as hard. Yeah, For like a fifth as much. And he just thought that was going to be his life. And then we take screens away. And if you think about it, like all these kids in America who spend five hours a day on screens, that's 1800 some odd hours a year. And Dylan spends those working, yeah. like out in the backyard, working on his jump shot, you know, reading books, studying.
2: Yeah.
1: And that ability to like climb mountain after mountain... We're not worried about his future no. at all. Um, there's a guy from the state that comes every three months to um, check on him. Um, every kid that is on the spectrum has a support coordinator. And so this guy comes every three months and he comes into our home. And it's, it's kind of like the last couple of years. I look forward to this day because he comes in and he's in charge of 200 some odd families. Yeah, And he comes into our home and he always he's like, uh, he goes, I see kid after kid every single day. And Dylan is the only one that shows progress like this.
2: Wow.
1: And um, from where he started to where he is now, he's like, I just wish that I could just make the other families that I go to see the importance of this springs Because he goes, I go into the home and every other kid on the spectrum is either on an iPad or plugged into video game. And I say hi. and maybe they look up and maybe they don't. And Dylan, yeah. he comes in and I was like, Hey, how's it going? And, um, the difference is just remarkable. Fair. We we didn't even expect this much of a difference with Dylan. We just, we knew it would be good for him, but we didn't think that the iPad with, you know, stack the States and yeah some learning apps, taking that away would create, you know, a kid who made the club basketball team and has straight A's. We, we didn't know. That was a gift. Yeah.
0: And from- you well, and so- you went into this just thinking about Jax, which I I think is so cool as part of the story is that uh this 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 can have an impact. If you're trying to just help one kid, it's going to have an impact on everyone. Did you did you see and you don't have to get too personal, but I just have this question. Did you see this benefit you guys and as your relationship at all? As the husband, as the wife, as the oh. parents, I mean, did you see spending all that time together as a family connected, did that help just you as a family or as, as a couple?
3: I mean, yeah, there's no, there's no question. I think just the time spent together. I mean, just as simple as just riding in the car yep. for before, like party for one is the guy driving like, Hey, <laughs> headphones on.
0: Let's watch Finding yeah. Nemo. Everyone, shut up. We're going to Chick-fil-A a half mile away. <laughs> like what?
3: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, just something as simple as that um and even going to dinner and just kind of just being aware and, yeah we I mean, we we felt that happiness kind of instantaneously and then you know of, us being on the same team i think that's probably a hard thing with a lot of couples out yeah. there is you might have one person that's like hey let's let's go scream free and the other's like oh no chance no
0: way, yeah What's your advice for those people? I hear that a lot. You know, I'm very anti-tech in our home with our screens, but their dad is a huge gamer, and he's like, "What's the big deal? I played, you know, uh, I played too. Why? It's no big deal." Uh, do you have any advice for those type families?
3: Wake up! I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna be like any change. You know, it's it's hard. It's gonna be hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna gonna seem over overwhelming, but. Um, you just have to try it. I mean, like, you know, just looking for the best version of what your kid could be should be, that should be motivation enough just to try it.
0: I find it's very—it's hard when uh, a lot of times when I, when I get those messages or those comments, like I'm so on your same page. I want to rip these f- PS4s and Xbox and throw them in the river. But their dad or their mom, or or if it's like a split family where like you know they're divorced, and then at my house we have rules. There's no tech or there's no iPads. But then when they go to their dad's, like he lets them do whatever they want. Um, it, it's a it's a tough situation to be in, and, and usually it's because one of the parents is like really hooked to it too. You know, like the dad or the mom who's like willy nilly with iPads and phones is like, they have a really hard time putting their own phone down. Right. So it's how can right. I make my kids do it if I can't even do it? Right.
3: Yeah. That, I think that's the start. I remember Dallas, he called me out right away. He's like, well, you know, when we first made the change, he's like, well, you're on your phone. all the
0: time.' <laughs> yeah. And he was young. Right. I mean, this was, this wasn't like a 20 year old kid who said this. He was like 10, 11, right?
3: No, he, he called <laughs> me out and I'm like, well, you're right. Um, and, you know, I had to make a conscious effort to make sure that I was ditching the phone, especially during those, you know, those key hours, like, you know, during the night just to throw that thing away. So if we're at dinner or something, I'm not checking my phone. If I get an email that yeah. comes in or something, that's uh, something we all need to work on. There's there's no hiding that. But uh, yeah, you just, the parent's going to have to start first.
1: I mean, if you look at it, like when we started, we said 30 days, if there's a parent who can't give up something for 30 days just to see if it could help their kid. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty sad. That's
0: a Yeah, that's an addiction. That's something we got to really and, look I mean,
1: Ellis our kid, we haven't talked about him that much because he he was older during this and what it has done for him. He went 365 days um with a flip phone and he hated us <laughs> for <after> every <laughs> one of those days as he, he should happy. parents
0: when you give your kid a flip phone don't expect him to like tap dance he wasn't like, he
1: was not happy but <laughs> at the end of that we made him go 365 days and then we gave him like a dumbed down yeah. iphone that doesn't have the internet and you know doesn't have games and no social media but it does have his music and his apps that he needs you know for sports and school or whatever perfect and he's happy to get that back but he will say and he says on um on the little documentary you guys did he sees what it did for his brothers yeah so even though sometimes like when i was little and i was like oh i don't i don't get to see saturday night live and get all the jokes he's kind of sad that he doesn't you know have video games but he does see how much it's helped his brothers i mean he he went through the whole thing with dylan from us from dylan's first word wasn't till he was four and his first word was dallas
2: Wow. i mean
1: dallas Helped us with that kid from the time he was little. Took care of him at the park when people would like make fun of him because he, you know, was doing something socially that wasn't whatever Dallas would be the one to, you know, defend him. And he's watched this little brother that he always had to protect and would hold his hand, you know, walking to school and take care of him. He's watched this kid, you know, to where he can almost beat him in one on one.
0: There we go. What is he? He's like, what have I done? He's like, I've created I should've kept those I could I should have hit an iPad under the covers when mom went to bed.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> and he sees Jack. You know, he was the one that was there when Jack spit the iPad and he sees, you know, the different people that his brothers are, so he gets that at this yeah. You know, that's about where he's at with that.
0: He's so, happy
1: about his brothers.
0: <laughs> that's so good. What? what are let's let's talk now I I wanna mention one thing before I ask this, uh, this next question. Um, there, when you talk about how the doctor, right, he said, look, your son, all the signs are gone. He's off the spectrum. And you mentioned that like, this isn't, I mean, it's not like autism is something that's like curable. Right. But I do want to mention this. I got a message not long ago from a, a doctor who went to an audiology conference and he sent me the message and I shared it when he sent it to me. And he said, there was an entire half day on technology and screens. Uh, especially on what they're doing to kids uh to the verbal development to their visual like vision i mean the, we're we're still like only ten years into this experiment, and all the science is slowly coming out, just like with cigarettes, kind of two but he said there was a speaker who termed something it's a new term that they're calling virtual autism, and that that term kind of just like stopped me in my track for a second and and he said where they're seeing so many kids now are being misdiagnosed with, uh, attention disorders, uh, you know, very, uh, you know, low spectrum, uh, autistic disorders, whatever, uh, the term is. And, and saying that a lot, they're starting to see now a lot of this is just from too much stimulation from the screens. Uh, so this is, I mean, again, this is science. Like we're, we're not trying to say that like, you know, things are curable, but, but for the parent who's listening, who's saying, like you were, where it's like you're t- you you had that conversation with the doctor, the nurses, or with their, the teachers, and they're like, you know what? You just got to medicate your kid. You got to medicate your kid, or this is going to happen. Um, it's okay to ask questions, right? It's okay yeah. to ask questions, to get second opinions, and it's okay to go with your gut and say, I don't feel right about this. And I'm going to try my own way. And I'm so glad that you guys, literal like pioneers, it's kind of fun. Like we kind of feel like we're, we've had these conversations before. It's like, we're kind of like these pioneers and, and like now the pendulum's swinging back, we're getting more people who are jumping on the train and seeing, you know, the benefits of going screen free with your kids. And they're all like, oh, I should have done this five years ago. Um, So let me ask, let me ask you this what, what's the first step, right? So for the parents who are listening and they're like, okay, I'm so dialed in. Like I'm freaked out. Cause I know my kids are hooked and I want to just rip them away. I mean, I literally get phone, like messages of photos, mom sent me. And I'm like, what is that? They're like, Oh, that's the PS4 in the bottom of our swimming pool. I finally had enough. I'm like, okay, that's probably not the best way to do this. Your kids are going to hate your guts. Um, so what, what, like, give me like a couple first steps or just a couple tips for the parents who have the little kids and they're ready to go and do what you did.
1: You'd have to get educated. Like you can listen to – I've I've been trying to tell everybody I know about yeah. this. It's like sometimes, most of the time, people kind of just tune me out. Sometimes they're like, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Here
0: comes like Mary that. again. Everyone shut up. She's yeah. going to tell you about the screen thing. If yeah. they
1: were to actually <laughs> read the book, Glow Kids, okay. just to get the information in their head, it gets you to a point where you're like, Wow, the, the, it's not just like a fiction novel, yeah. it's facts and studies and more facts about stuff that we don't know. We didn't know when these kids, you know, when the iPad was handed us, we didn't know it would be dangerous. Yeah, just like they said, the same, like, oh, let's have kids smoke cigarettes back in the day. Like, um, you have to be educated enough to where you're like, this isn't just some crazy girl who didn't have a TV growing up trying to be, yeah, different. You know, it's not, I went, I want to say too on that. I grew up without a TV and the first thing I did when I got married, which was 20 years ago, next month, crazy. <laughs> the first thing we bought was a TV. A
0: big, I remember it. You had this massive big, TV.
1: Big freaking TV. <laughs> and we bought a TV before we bought a bed.
0: You're like, this I isn't, we're not turning TV. this off either. This is going to be on all day. Like and my grandma I'm watching like, MSNBC. i to
1: college and every single of my spare time that I wasn't in class or working, yep. I was watching the TV like a crazy.
3: Oh, I got caught up in all the nine hundred two and oh. I was like, guess <laughs> what happened <laughs> to, to Kelly
0: yeah.
2: and
1: Dylan? Two and oh, happened like
3: ten years ago, babe. Yeah, but, like,
0: where have you been? But
1: that I will say about that period of time, I would be like a perfect text you know, test subjects because I was a kid who, whose brain was literally never overstimulated as a kid. I mean, I read expectations in third grade. Um, I had nothing but books. So here's a, an 18 year old whose brain I was married at just barely 19. So my brain wasn't fully developed. Yeah. I finally get TV and I just like dive into it with all my spare time. That period of time, I was the most depressed I've been in my whole life. Mm-hmm. And just, it's looking back in hindsight. I'm like, I didn't have anything to be depressed about back then. Yeah. I didn't have any big life things that were happening. I honestly think that my brain that wasn't used to being so overstimulated with me just spending all my free time watching TV, I got really depressed. Yeah. And um, then I sort of, we moved to Arizona and I started being like, I, I kind of want to go back to, to reading books. When you teach your kids something when they're young, you, you are what you repeatedly do. So you think... Okay, we're going to have my kid play Fortnite for five hours a day. But then when he goes off to college, he'll be able to regulate and he's going to study then and he's going to yeah. have work ethic then and he's going to be able to, you know, have a girlfriend then you are what you repeatedly do. So if your kid doesn't know how to have, you know, relationships with other people and they spend all their free time watching TV, that's what they're going to do when they're older and it's just going to get worse. Yeah.
0: And, and the, and the entertainment is so much more addicting. My gosh, the, the, this isn't watching friends and this isn't playing Mario Kart, right? I mean, Fortnite, the way every, the games and the social media, we, we talk about that for years. Glow kids talks about it. Every book on the subject talks about the attention and how they're so good at hooking kids, especially it's like crack for kids. Yeah.
1: And they'll prefer the virtual world to the real one. And that is a danger.
0: So number one is get educated. So read the books. And I yep. tell parents, I say, you know what? Start with Glow Kids. All those books yep. that you recommended earlier, Fearless Parenting, Boys Adrift, yep. Um, yep. Collapse of Parenting are great. I tell parents, like, even if you just read, I remember I remember reading the preface and then getting to page 22 of Glow Kids. And I put the book down and I said, we're done. I remember thinking yeah. out loud saying, we're done. You cannot unlearn this stuff. And I know no. a lot of parents are kind of afraid. Like, I, I've had parents message me. They're like... I want to come hear you speak, but I'm not, one lady said, I am not emotionally ready for it yet because I know what you're going to say is going to be everything I need to hear and I'm just not ready to, feel, to hear everything because I, I can't yeah. unlearn it, right? So even just gets- the first pa- first couple, like <laughs> chapter and a half.
1: It's putting like armor on. Yeah. You read Globe Kids and you're like, okay, I can do this. So after you get educated, yeah. you really would need to get people around you. If, you, you know, if you're married, yeah. you have to be a team. This this isn't like a solo battle. You, it's not really. going to work
0: if one parent's on board, and one parent's not. It, it will not work.
1: You've got to commit for thirty days to be a team, and if you don't have that, I, I don't know. Yeah. What I would have done in that situation, and then after you have that, you just commit to thirty days.
0: Thirty day commitment. Go, don't don't freak out the kids. We're doing this forever. Kiss your screens goodbye and, and until you, you have marry.
1: To actually, do it yeah. for thirty days because what's the point of? you know, going halfway because you're not going to see the benefits if you don't actually do it. You're pushing reset on a kid's brain. So do it.
0: Do it for 30 days. And then uh, what would you say after that? Educate. Commit. Get everyone on board, right? Obviously. Commit. Obviously, now you got to have a plan, right? So talk about how you guys did that. I know you kind of mentioned you had some games ready to go, but are you, are you saying parents like literally like line games up in the room and like get these ready to go? Like if freak out, open this drawer kind of thing.
1: I, so Ryan travels a lot. So when he, we made the plan when he was in town, he was going to take them to do stuff. Cool. Golfing, basketball games, baseball games. He was like the, you know, take them out of the house to do stuff. I'm more of an introvert. (laughs) So This is my, exactly
0: me and Liz. Like when when I'm out heart. when I'm out on the road and I yeah. come home I'm like what do you guys do when I'm gone? She's like, Nothing. We just hang out here, listen to music and play games because when you come home, exactly. you want to go do stuff and we just want to chill sometimes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I on my end, you know, books have always been my greatest love. So, you know, we read a lot and I did the board games I bought Risk, Clue, yeah. Monopoly, Uno, Chess. And then, you know, Dallas was already into Rubik's Cubing, so mm-hmm. we had that. And then I bought a couple of Lego sets and I would take them out to get treats if we got sick of playing Monopoly and they started whatever, I, you know, let's drive and go get an ice cream cone oh. or it was just constantly filling the time. And then when Ryan was home, he took them to do awesome boy stuff. Yeah. And I got a break.
0: <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's going to be a lot harder for single parents. It's going to be a lot harder. Yeah. If you're not on the same page, uh, one way I think, uh, to get that person on the same page when parents like, how do I get my husband on board is I, I say, you know what, go get glow kids and, and read it like before bed out loud. If you have to, to your spouse, like the preface chapter one, talking about the brain and the screens and like, just read it, you you know, edge once someone's learned this stuff, they can never unlearn it. And so even if you have to like force them to learn it or say, Hey, as a family, I even have parents, you know, for the older kids, like, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14, uh have those kids read it have have your 12-year-old read the first little bit like let them learn from not you as to the why behind this so i did
1: that with Alice like cuz he would fight for it back and i was like i'm not trying to like turn you into yeah. you know kid who's going to fight this fight but i want you to know why we're doing it yeah. and since i i had him read so that he could see you know the reasons behind why he was you know being
0: so it wasn't a punishment. He didn't see it as as a punishment, but right. as a yeah, okay.
1: As a sacrifice for his brothers.
0: Yeah. Any other tips besides that? I mean, how 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 can parents, besides just having a bunch of stuff ready to play with, how can they get through that first thirty days with the least damage, done, <laughs> the least it's, amount of contention?
2: Actually, it's
1: so much easier than you than the than they think. Yeah. Like expect the worst and know that you will be pleasantly surprised because after it gets out of their system, and if you hold your guns you will see these versions of your kid that you're like, well, if I had known this, I would have done this forever and I can never back like even, and they become self-aware. Jax was only five. And I remember sending you these videos. We'd had him screen free for like 30 days and he had seen the difference in himself to where he started referring to the old Jax as the old Jax. And he went to this little kids camp where they do like tennis and, and baseball and golf. And, um, at the end, right before they pick up, there was this room where they had like TVs that would play movies and somebody had brought like an Xbox to plug it in for that last half an hour before parents come in. So I came in and Jax was sitting there. He wasn't even playing. He was just like glued in watching other people play. Yeah. And, and I took him out to the car and just right off the bat, he threw this like fit that I hadn't seen for months. And, and I was like, Jax, do you realize what's happening right now? Like, how you're acting? He goes, it's because of the video games.
0: He knew it, yeah.
1: He, he could say why. He's like, I don't know why I do that, Mom. And he, so right now, like, if there's ever, like, screens around, like his teacher says on the documentary, if he sees people on screens, he goes the other way because he he knows the old him. He knows how he bit the iPad. He knows how he used to get in trouble every day for throwing a rage and, yeah. you know, Knocking stuff down. So he doesn't want to go back to that kid. He loves the kid he is
0: now. I love that. I remember you sent me a video of him. I think you just, he was in the backseat and you asked him a question and he just went off like a minute on just like how video games are so bad. And he's like, I just wish everyone would not look at the video games and play the games and just go play outside. I was like, this is so good. (laughs) It's so awesome. And, And the fact that he had that kind of self awareness, like, come on, like kids, these, Kids are so amazing little human beings yeah. when you give them the opportunity yeah. to be kids, right? Yeah,
1: I just introducing him, this is Jack. sorry in advance. He's I gonna just,
0: be all over the place. So yeah.
1: Bad about that.
0: So amazing. So the big so so now you're looking back, you're almost two over two years now, two years of this. Um obviously never going back uh to the way it was. Um What is your uh, what is your thoughts like how do you do you feel like as a society as a community as a village do you do you see hope for the rest of everyone else to like jump on board I mean obviously to save the kids like we've got to all do this together we've got to find a village. Um, have you guys thought about creating your own little cult down there where it's like, Hey, everyone moved to this cul-de-sac and this cul-de-sac is mm-hmm. like the no screen, no Fortnite kids. Like
1: love that. How, uh,
0: yeah. I mean, I'd, what's the future no. look like for you? Is it, is it just always be the one family on your street that doesn't do the games? Or do you think we got some hope?
1: Uh, I wish I could say that there was, but in my, I can't even I can't really get anybody to listen to me, Colin.
0: <laughs> well, where now they are? They're for if they haven't already hung up or or clicked off the podcast, yeah. you know, there's some people listening right I now.
1: Like hope, but people have to get educated. They yeah. have to for themselves try. Yeah, they have to learn the facts and not just. It's not my opinion. It's not your opinion. There are studies from really smart dudes at Harvard who yep. have all this mapped out. If if you take a minute to educate, I think there's. Hope if enough parents just try yeah. for 30 days, just try.
0: I always wonder about those parents who, when the science came out that said cigarettes are actually really bad for you and they were the deniers back then and they look at their kids who were like 13 smoking like, you know, during their day jobs at 13 back in the old days. I wonder if they felt that, you know, that, oh gosh, like how to, I, I knew this was bad. Why, why I was smoking too. I knew it was bad for me and it was bad for my kids. Like why didn't I do anything? but there's so much fun and happiness like i mean my last question for ryan is you're i mean you're a, you're a boy dad you have three boys you literally have no girls and <laughs> and 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 to see where boys are all for the majority are going which is into this isolated basement bedroom headphones on playing a game with kids on a headset like that is now such the new norm to see where your boys are at i mean mary you you said being, the fact that they can do what they do now and I tell this to my boy all the time my kids I'm like you guys are gonna write your own ticket in this world where everyone's going disconnection virtual life like you're gonna write your own ticket with relationships with dating with with work I mean you guys are gonna if you guys aren't like millionaires. Uh, with beautiful families by like 26 in this society you're growing up in, like the bar is really low for you guys.
2: I um, know,
0: Ryan, what are your thoughts on that scene? Your boys, uh, when every other boy seems like is going the other, other direction, what are your thoughts as, as the big Papa here?
3: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I've, you know, and just through glow kids also, like one point that's made is we haven't seen a generation of adults. We haven't seen this generation, what they're going to be like as adults. Yeah. And so I think about that a lot and even, uh, people I associate with and you can see someone who's just like buried in their phone. And, um, so that's my goal is to not, I want them to be able to, you know, have like a life where they're just not, where they can communicate with people yeah. where, Hey, if I need to talk to somebody, it's, I'm going to call them on the phone or I'm going to go see him in person or mm-hmm. it's just not about text. It's just having that, you know, that communication. And it's, I mean, I guess that's my goal. I mean, you hear, I mean, you've heard about, what was it? Frederick Douglas, you know, it's easier to build uh, strong children than to repair broken men. I love that quote. Yeah. So that's something that I think about a lot. I mean, that's my goal and that's, that's what I strive to do as a, as a dad. And, um, I think by example, as well as if you know how how i am with them and making sure that i'm you know if i have attention if i have their attention that i give them the full attention that it's not one eye on
2: my yeah.
3: our phone and one eye on them to you know to put it away and to put work away and um you know that's that's my goal is to you know to set them up for yeah. for success
0: mary as the mom what's what's your goal seeing these boys Uh, you know as they grow now as all teenagers almost what's what's the goal here
1: I want them to stand out I want them to have relationships and to be able to I mean there's all these girls out there who I I was lucky to find you know Ryan who treats me so well I want my boys to be those boys I don't want my boys to be you know sitting on a couch as a grown man like oh do this I'm playing video games you know (laughs) that would kill me if that was um, I want them to be able to have conversations with people to where that's what they like to do I remember you know back you know when I didn't my no TV house you'd find you can ask Liz it was funny how my house was often the house everybody would come to Yep. but we didn't have anything to do there there was no TV we didn't have a pool we didn't have anything cool but you were forced to just talk yeah. at my house. So When people came to my house, you'd come and you'd sit on the couches and we would just talk. And I want my boys to be able to do that, to find joy in the little things, to not be entertained to death, to where they have to be constantly stimulated, to be fine with monotony. Like I really feel like so many people are unhappy or anxious and depressed in the world today because they're so used to just being entertained and stimulated that they don't realize that that's not what happiness is, that happiness is being okay with a regular everyday life and not being, you know, entertained to death. I want my boys to be happy in the real, you know, the real definition of happy, which, what is my favorite quote? Um, Aristotle said that happiness is an activity of the soul in accordance with virtue. So in today's terms, that would be somebody is happy if they're a good person, if they're doing more for others, if they're not thinking about themselves, and definitely if they're not sitting in a basement, you know, playing World of Warcraft for seven hours a day. That's not happiness. So, So that's my two cents.
0: Oh my gosh, so good. I'm so so happy uh that you guys shared all that. Thank you so much. Um and for anyone listening, I hope that you have heard this. If you haven't done already, uh to go and do a 30-day challenge. Go get the books, go get educated, get you and your partner, your spouse on the same page. Set a goal as a family, 30 days. I don't want to sound like an infomercial here, but like I promise you, wait, there's more. Like there's so much more once you get past this. Watching my kids, our kitchen table for the last two years, our really nice dining room table has been covered in Legos like every square inch, and we <laughs> haven't and we haven't like had to buy any new ones for a while. They just throw them in there. Uh, I remember seeing my little six year old who's now seven like s- he was squatting on the table, like a, <laughs> just squatting playing on. The, I don't know how he's balancing. I don't think he left that position for like two hours and he just sat and I just go, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, I just built this like city. I'm just like, dude, this is so awesome. It's so fun to see. Uh, there's, yeah. there's such a better way. And the kids, here's the deal. The kids don't want to be little screen junkies. They really don't, if they're sucked into it and you feel like when you take it away, they go turn into devils, you're like, well, they want this so bad, this is what they need. They don't want that, they wanna be kids. I, I read somewhere, I forgot what it was, but they said, we are taking away their, these kids' childhoods, these screens are taking away their childhoods and they have to have a childhood. They have to have one, They that's yeah. it, 940 Saturdays, that's it, until they're 18, from birth to 18, 940. And after that, it's like adulthood and craziness and chaos and stress. To the 10th power. So yep. give your kids a childhood. Uh, I'm so grateful. I'm going to play some playoff music here, but thank you so much to the Thorns, to Mary and Ryan down in Arizona. Uh, please go get the books. Start with Glow Kids. Go to Fearless Parenting, Boys Adrift. There's a lot of great stuff on this. Go do the challenge. I promise you it's going to change your life. It's going to bless everyone in your family. Go give your kids an hug. We'll see you next time.